Welcome to the No Fungi, No Future podcast. In these episodes, we interview experts in the field to gain a deeper understanding of the magical and mysterious networks of mycelia that are all around us, to learn how they impact our lives and the planet. In this episode, we have the fifth part of our interview with Nirmal Nair, who is founder and CEO of Sempera Organics. We discuss insights from Nirmal's recent travels to East Asia. We also talk about his thoughts on building Sempera's company culture, as well as the big, hairy, audacious goals for the company. So I was just wondering also from an international perspective, I understand recently you took a trip to Japan, Singapore. Um, I'm just wondering if you can talk to us a bit about uh, what you're seeing in other countries and how, how are they looking at, uh, I know, you know, these some cultures go back thousands of years with mushrooms, but what are you seeing on some of your trips overseas? Yeah, uh, so Japan was fascinating. My first trip there and I ended up being there uh, for close to two weeks. It was a, a fantastic opportunity. And, and I was lucky to be able to uh, be more than a tourist mm-hmm. uh, through my through my friends there and and travel and meet people and and kind of embrace parts of the culture that is not very apparent. Uh-huh. Uh, for example, I discovered that there is actually a uh, beyond the fact that people eat mushrooms mm-hmm. a lot and it's considered part of the diet and you don't think twice about it. Uh, there is actually a vegetarian, a vegan culture which is thriving in Japan and has been for centuries, mm-hmm. called shojin ryori, mm-hmm. and uh, it is, it's a it's a diet founded on you know eat no meat principle, and they have evolved really delicious uh, meals uh, just using plants and and mushrooms, right, um, and and other non meat you know ingredients. Uh, it it was brought over by the monks who traveled to Japan. Uh, so there, it has its origins in India and mm-hmm. vegetarian diet. And it is served in all the temples in Japan. And there are restaurants that specialize in that diet. Uh, but outside of Japan, it's not heard of. Uh, when you think of Japanese food in here in the U.S., you think of uh, miso soup and sushi, yeah, yeah, sashimi, yeah, exactly. and maybe teriyaki. Uh, but there is this really delicious food. So I had an opportunity to actually go to a temple and eat. Oh wow! Uh, cool. Partake in a meal. Yeah. I I uh, I met with a head monk of a temple. Uh, had a one-hour conversation. Uh, we talked about Mamu. Uh, mm-hmm. He was fascinated. He said. Uh, that he would love to uh, serve it to his monks. That's great. Well, uh, I met with a couple of chefs uh, mm-hmm. who focus on fermentation. A lot of the fermentation they do, uh, they uh, they use, uh, uh, you, know, you know, there's a big history of miso. Mm-hmm. Uh, fermentation yeah. is a key part of uh, the Japanese diet. But they were fascinated with mamu. I had taken some samples with me, which right. I got to share, and they cooked it. Uh, what they really enjoyed was the fact that here's a new food source made from something that they already know about. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It is familiar yet uh, differentiated, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and they can't wait to get more of it in their hands uh, to try out and and create new dishes mm-hmm. and and bring innovation to their culinary world uh, yeah. using mamo. So that was, I would say, mind blowing uh, for me yeah. that I could take something uh, back. Uh, based on ingredients that they know and and have them uh, receive it very warmly and be excited right. about it. 
but I think it's by, you know uh, it's bilateral, meaning I would love to see Shojin Ryori cuisine food uh, in in the West. Uh, yeah, here in the U.S., uh, who knows? It might happen. Uh, and then, and then, of course, uh, exchange by <laughs> taking mom to Japan, which I think was going to be, uh, it's going to be quite popular yeah. Uh, if, yeah. if done properly. So that was exciting. Uh, Singapore was a very brief trip, but uh-huh. uh, a very different market compared to Japan, but it's a lighthouse market for all the ASEAN countries. Yeah. Uh, it's a, turned out, it's a, it's a, I did not know that, but it's a hub for uh, innovation and R&D for large brands uh, mm-hmm. uh, and where they, they are specifically using Singapore as a test bed to to, tr- to bring new things to the market. So right. uh, we, it was a very illuminating trip for me, uh, lots of exciting possibilities, and I hope to keep uh, you know um, seeing how we can take that further. Yeah. Excellent. I wonder if you could also tell us a bit about Sempera's company culture. What's it? What's it like? Uh, what uh, What drives the company? What are some things about Sempera's culture you can tell us about? Hmm. Um, good. Good. Good question. So yeah, when we uh, culture is <laughs> is what makes or breaks a company, and mm-hmm. I, I I think all founders and and the founding team should spend a lot of time figuring out what does what is their culture mm-hmm. and. and which is going to drive them, and and that is what is going to attract the talent that they seek. Uh, it will evolve, but usually cultures are based on some founding ideas, mm-hmm. uh, and and which uh, the founders uh, feel uh, exceptionally passionate about. Yeah, and so Sempera also has its uh, few a uh, uh, few strong uh, ideas. Um, based on which we are growing the company and everybody who comes into the company uh, embraces it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first idea is that let the best idea win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that is a key part in, uh, in decision-making. So we debate ideas a lot. We don't debate people. Uh, uh, what that means is anybody can bring in and voice a good idea. Uh, and we study it, uh, and and uh, if it is uh, if it's worthwhile, then it gets implemented. And there's scores mm-hmm. of examples uh, in the company which I won't go into, but mm-hmm. it's practiced every day. Uh, it's a change because people are people, and uh, emotions come in, and yeah. personalities come in. But once you go idea based, then uh, every then everyone is kind of aligned uh, towards making something better. Right, right. The second one is a continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, Japanese have a name for it. They call it Kaizen. Mm-hmm. The whole point is, yeah, don't worry about making massive uh, forklift transformations. Just make progress every day. It might seem small. Yeah. And you know, a lot of authors, they talk about the 1% rule and so yeah. on. Yeah. That's the general idea. It says continuously make process, make progress in towards uh, towards your goal. Mm-hmm. And make sure you never forget uh, what the goal is, uh, and so and that results in tremendous progress when you look back and say, "Wow, look at this! One month and we achieved so much." Right. So right. we practice that continuously. What can we do today that is more than what uh, what was there yesterday, mm-hmm. and not wait for 
wait for something to change before we get to work again. So that consistency yeah, yeah. is very, very important. Right. Um, the third is, uh, um, is, is you know, focus on what that matters, right? Mm -hmm. And there are, again, various flavors of this philosophy, the 80-20 rule, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. measure what matters. Uh, that is prioritize, look at something, quickly identify what's, what's the lever that gets you the maximum impact focus on problems. So it's a problem solving skill, which needs to be practiced everywhere in the manufacturing floor and every department across a company. So we, we do it organically. We talk about it and, and, and as a discussion point and sooner it becomes a style that gets picked up. So focus on what's important, focus on the 20% get that gets you the 80% leverage. That's the first thing to do. Um, and so that is something that everybody's empowered and lastly uh one thing i want to mention mm -hmm. is that we have a culture of uh, you're only limited by your ability mm -hmm. there's no other limitation for you to contribute and learn uh, within the organization you can you have the ability to move around uh, and try different things mm -hmm. jump in and say i want to try this i want to do this and opportunity will be made available to you uh, one of that <laughs> one of the reasons why it's easier is because we're a startup and there's a lot more to do yeah but you can also imagine that if you do not have that that culture uh, um, then it's, it's people get jacketed in number yeah, one. Number yeah. two is right. you also hire for that kind of skill you mm -hmm. hire for an ability to take on challenges and to and and to have a kind of a learning uh, mm -hmm. uh, open mindset and so so yeah those are some of the things on which the company's paid we have a long way to go um, mm -hmm. we are a very small company but with uh, with big dreams and then hopefully yeah. a foundation to uh, uh, to grow on yeah so you mentioned the big dreams uh, can you talk to us a little bit about some of your big hairy audacious goals for the like let's say five years ten years looking out what what, what are some of the big things you're dreaming about uh, um wow so food is uh and, and wellness is population driven um, we see ourselves as a global company and so the dream of using fungi to impact health uh, nutrition and wellness uh, is kind of core to our existence and so um i i, I i'd like to think that over the next 10 years we would be a global company and our brands are recognized around the world as making positive impact mm -hmm. uh, for the for the environment so we like to call it people pets and planet wellness mm -hmm. uh, the three p's um, but yeah I, and, and impacting it in whatever ways possible so uh, fungi as a platform offers us many many different opportunities mm -hmm. uh, to go and do that and so it is a massive journey and it's a journey that we are going to develop a network of uh, other organizations to work with to, mm -hmm. to get there faster, sooner. Um, and so how about, uh, how, you know, uh, having 100 million uh, people uh, and have their lives touched by fungi over the next mm -hmm. 10 years? I think that's a... Uh, we, we should be able to do that uh, if mm -hmm. you put our minds to it. Um, 
And so, yeah, unlocking the power of mycelium, which is a renewable food source yeah. and a part of mushrooms that people don't know much about right. and using it to generate, uh, you know, uh, nutrition and, uh, and, and wellness ingredients. That's a key part of our, our impact. Um, so yeah, we'd, we'd like to be in the ecosystem that does that and, uh, and, and help educate people. Uh, so our goal is to have more and more people understand the power of mushrooms mm -hmm. and fungi and to be able to incorporate that into their life. Uh, and then hopefully some of them will buy from us. Awesome. Um, and so that's, the, that's our vision. We hope you enjoyed this episode featuring our conversation with Nirmal Nair. Be sure to look out for our next episode coming out soon where we will continue this conversation. Until then, be sure to get some healthy mushrooms into your diet. Also, please take a moment to like or subscribe to our channel and drop us any comments. Your feedback is most welcome. Thanks for listening.